Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome one and all to the incredible, stupendous, scrum Real Film Nerds Podcast. My name is Matt. I am one of your two hosts. I am your Arizona-based host in the good old Prescottonian area. With me as always, my good friend, Mysterious Mike Talent, based in the East Coast. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I don't think they're going to respond, but I'll respond to you. Hey, Mike. Oh, hey, Matt. So, Real Film Nerds, episode number 338. We continue on with our triumph of talking about the films. Mike, the most important question, though, before we start into our podcast, I'm already going to throw it kind of off topic. Mike, did you go to the movies yesterday, or yesterday being Sunday? Uh, no, no, I did not get a chance to go. I, I know it was the, the cheaper movie day, but, you know, I didn't get to go, and honestly, it was probably really packed, dude. That is correct, Mike. August 27th, 2023, a Sunday, was National Cinema Day, and I decided to go. I probably shouldn't have because you're correct. It was packed. That's the most full I've seen that theater in a long time. I went and saw a film that we are not going to review, at least not yet, on the podcast. Maybe I'll give a little bit of a review eventually at the end of this. Maybe not. But I went and saw Blue Beetle. Oh, all right, dude. Well, um, I haven't seen that one. But, uh, you know, you can give a quick uh, kind of review at the end here if you want. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how time goes. I have a feeling this might be a longer podcast because... Uh, there's a lot of information to talk about and digest. I did a lot of research on this film after the fact of watching it on Thursday. I did not do it before, so I'm wondering if that possibly could have changed my rating now that I know a lot more information about the true story this film is based on. But, Mike, I have to say National Cinema Day was awesome. It was $4 movies at Harkins. It was $4 medium popcorns, and it was $4 drinks. So I brought my cup, got a $2 drink, I brought I bought a popcorn and I saw a movie for four bucks. It was worth it. And dude, Blue Beetle was freaking packed. There was it was a lot of people there. And it was it was a good time. I, I enjoyed myself. Movie was mediocre at best, but I might talk about that. I might not. So, Mike, this week, Real Film Nerds episode three hundred and thirty-eight. Gran Turismo, not the video game. Ready, set, go. All right, Matt. So, uh, as you said, this is uh, Gran Turismo. This movie was directed by Neil Bloomkamp. It was written by Jason Hall, Zach uh, Balin, and Alex C. It's starring David Harborough, uh, Orlando Bloom, Archie uh, Matequai, uh Jerry Horner, and uh, Jamin Hansu. And this movie is uh, based on the unbelievable, inspiring true story of a team of underdogs, a struggling working class gamer, a failed former race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport exec who risk it all to take on the most elite a sport in the world. You did a good job with the names for the most part. It's pretty funny because you asked me to help you out with a couple of them, and then the ones you didn't ask me out are the ones you dropped the ball on, like David Harbour. <laughs> it's okay. 
It's all right. Nobody knows him. I mean, it's not like he was in Stranger Things for several seasons or Black Widow or any of those kind of movies, but I'm just giving you shit now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) All right, Mike. So um, Gran Turismo, we already talked about it pre-recording. You said you enjoyed it, Mike. So go for it. Start off with you enjoying this film. All right, Matt. So I don't know if it was uh, that I had low expectations for this movie or not, but uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a good movie. It's it's kind of a, you know, it's your underdog, you know, kind of story, and that's always fun to see on the screen. And I think they did a great job. The actors were great, and I don't know. Uh, I I did. Uh, like you do a little bit of research afterwards and found out there was a little bit of uh, Hollywood involved with some of this, but uh, overall, the, the gist of the story is true. For the most part, yeah, there's a lot of lot of differences, and I prefaced a lot of it on the radio, but Mike, um, overall, I really liked this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I had... Not super high hopes, but I would say I had high hopes for it, just based on the director, uh, Neil Blomkamp. He's done incredible films like District 9, Elysium. I love both of those films. So I knew the visuals were going to be great. Um, I was a little curious about how the story was going to go. And honestly, for what it is, now that I know the history of everything and I studied up on it and watched way too many YouTube videos and read a bunch of articles about the true life story... I think they really need to emphasize that this is loosely based on a true story because they really make it seem like everything that happened happened in a short amount of time, and it did not. It took many years for everything that happened in this film and in the story. But needless to say, I was pleasantly surprised at how good this was. I really enjoyed it. I think if you are into racing movies if you're into car movies if you are into underdog stories this is a must-see in the theaters dude it it is for me it just is yeah man uh you know it it was really well done even if uh some of it's a little bit you know uh i guess hollywood uh romanticized story but the overall gist like it was just so well done like i really like the acting in it i i don't know man i was really kind of surprised at how well this movie like was set up and it was just it was just good like it's two hours and 14 minutes maybe it's a little bit long but other than that man i i i really don't have too many complaints about it it didn't feel long to me at all, but maybe that's because I thought the pacing was really well. You had some slower parts. You had some faster parts. You had a good mixture. Honestly, I knew it was over two hours, but for me, it didn't feel like it. I thought it was probably right around the hour 45, hour 50 mark. I didn't realize that it was two hours and 15 minutes, but again, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. The acting is next level. Um, Orlando Bloom does a great job. I think David Harbour steals the show for sure. But uh, our main character, uh, Jan, played by uh, Archie, uh, I'll probably screw up his last name too, but Madikwe, he surprisingly was very good. I have never heard of this kid. 
Um, I know he's done roles in TV shows and stuff before this, but I was really pleasantly surprised with how great of an actor he was. And he's a tall dude. The actual racing driver, I don't think, is as tall as Archie is. He's not a short guy like most race car drivers, but he's like six foot, and I think Archie's like 6'2 or 6'3. So that's really out of the norm for a driver. Uh, yeah, uh, interesting thing when I was reading up on this movie. Did you see who the kind of uh, stunt double was for the movie? It was actually the real driver? Yeah, yeah, not not so much a stunt double, but I mean, yes, kind of a stunt double that it's he did – um, Jan, um, uh, Martinborough did all the stunt driving, at least for his character in the film, which is amazing. Dude, that's so cool. I actually thought that was pretty neat. Um, involve him in it and, you know, yeah, what, what a neat way to bring him into the movie, you know? Well, and you can't ask for a better driver and not to, you know, jump, spoilers a little bit i don't know maybe not it's real life but um you know as far as i know jan is no longer a racing car driver in real life um he was no longer being sponsored or on team nissan in 2021 2021 was his last year so this might spur him into a career as a hollywood stunt driver which would be pretty freaking sweet in my book oh yeah no that'd be great yeah, no, it was, uh, I mean, it's such an amazing story and it's a real interesting approach of gamers who have been playing, you know, hours and hours and understand all the tracks and know all the things, but then actually putting them into race cars um, does seem a little bit crazy, but at the same time, you know, maybe there would be a couple that w- would be able to do it and and this is kind of that story and it's, it's true to life. But like, like you said, Matt, it's, it was uh, a very compressed, uh, story in, in the movie when it's actually a little bit longer in real life. Quite a bit longer in real life and not completely truthful. I don't want to spoil it too much, uh, before we get to our spoiler section, but I, I will say this and I preface this on the radio, I guess I, this is a good point to talk about it, but maybe I could talk about it towards the end. Just because you play a simulation, be it a simulation of a car movie, uh, not movie, a car airplane, um, Grand Theft Auto, uh, jumping, climbing, whatever, just because you play that really, really well does not mean that you are going to be able to do that in real life. Just know that right off the bat. There are people like Jan in this film that clearly were born with natural ability, even without setting foot in a car before this. He had that drive. He had that natural ability. He had that speed. He had that self-awareness, that confidence that comes with being a race car driver before he ever sat in a car, that you're born with that kind of stuff. So just know Sure, you might be good at it in a video game, but when you're in a real car or you're doing this shit in real life, it, it doesn't translate 100%, maybe 60 or 70. Because as they noted at the end of the film, that this changed a lot of the game for real race car drivers. Like, real race car drivers, and you can see it, you know, I'm a big fan of Formula One. Um, real race car drivers, when they're not racing around the crack, when they're on vacation, when they're on summer break, whatever, they use 
simulations like this in their living rooms on PlayStations and Xboxes to practice and to train and to know the course. That's how freaking good these game developers are at making these games that it's very realistic to what the real thing is. Oh yeah, absolutely, dude. Um they they kind of emphasize this a little bit in the movie, but they didn't say what they were doing, but they're they're like scanning they're scanning those tracks. They're scanning the cars. Like, they're actually getting everything about everything for the data-wise, and then they, they turn that into the digital, and it is absolutely amazing. Like, they're they're getting all the audio for the exhaust. Like, they, I mean, they do a lot for... I mean, specifically, this movie's focused on Gran Turismo, but other racing games also do a lot as well but Gran Turismo I think started this you know it it, it launched with PlayStation uh what what year was that Matt 90 98 97 97 was the Gran Turismo the first game but that was not the first game I watched and read about the game itself too that was not the first game so PlayStation said um we're not going to do that game because no one's going to buy it because it's boring. And so we want you to do a game like this Nintendo Mario Kart game. And so the very first actual like Gran Turismo is a super hardcore ripoff of uh, Mario Kart. It was never released in the United States. It was only released over in Japan. But um, it has the engine and the physics of the first Gran Turismo. And one of the Easter eggs in that game is if you complete the game, it takes out the shitty, goofy carts and puts in a real car. And you can drive as a real car. In that, it was called like Tune Driving or something weird. But anyways, um, the first one came out in 97, and they're only up to Gran Turismo number 7. So if that tells you how long it takes to make these games. But the one that I think hit me the hardest and really just kicked open that door for racing car games in general, other than the first one, was Gran Turismo 3, A-Spec. That's the one that is just incredible. That's the one for PlayStation 2. It's where the AI, they built AI into it, where if you cut a driver off, it run they try to run you off the road and stuff like that. And they built in all the 3D graphics and all that stuff. Like that really changed the game was Gran Turismo 3. But Gran Turismo 1, before it, all racing games were, I don't want to say cheesy, but they were not realistic in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I think Gran Turismo, they just, they really wanted to just up the game. They wanted to show how realistic they could do things, and and they did. I mean, man, I remember the first Gran Turismo was like multiple discs back when, you didn't have that kind of stuff on those on on the console games where it was like, oh, I got to load disc one, then disc two, then disc three. Like they just didn't do that stuff. So the uh, creative Gran Turismo was in the film, not the real creator; it was an actor. But uh, his name is uh, Kazunori uh, Yamauchi, I believe. And. The documentary that I was watching about the making of Gran Turismo and the franchise and all that, he basically loves racing and loves cars. And he wanted to develop a system 
not a system, but a video game that was as realistic as he possibly could do since he was not good enough to be a race car driver. Now, interesting story. He, I don't know if he still is now, but he played Gran Turismo, developed enough, spent forever developing these games, especially the first one. He actually got to the point where he has a racing license and is a race car driver. <laughs> that's that's interesting. That's very interesting. So he couldn't become one, but then after making the game, he was one. He he trained, obviously. He trained, he played the game, he did all that stuff, but he trained and he got to the point where he was good enough to be a race car driver. Like he had a the 90s models Nissan Zs, I think is what they are. They're not the roundy ones, they're like kind of the long oblong looking ones. And they were talking about how, you know, he used to try and like basically race around those in Japan on the streets and he like wrapped one around a tree multiple times and stuff. He just he just kept like screwing shit up, but he always wanted to be a race car driver. And now we got Gran Turismo thanks to it. And he actually got a racing license and is a driver, which is pretty cool. Granted, probably becoming a multimillionaire creating this game probably helped a lot. Uh, you know, it might have. It might have. But uh, that's still really cool, man. It is cool. I mean, you would learn all kinds of things trying to make this realistic of a game. Yeah. I mean, they talk about it, you know, trying to do racing, you have to get into it really young and it costs a lot of money. Like go-karting, like I don't want to say professional level, but actual competition level go-karting where all Formula One drivers do for 10 years in their age from probably about five to high school age on average it costs over $100,000 to do just go-karting. That's crazy to me, dude. Dude, that is crazy. Um, but you're right. You got to start young, and they, you got to get them all conditioned. And uh, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Very interesting. I, I did like how in the uh, abbreviated kind of uh, training that we got of the uh, – what was it called? The GT training camp or something like that? Yeah, it was it was like GT racing training camp or something like that. Yeah, Gran yeah. Gran Turismo. Yeah, yeah. They um they emphasized the physical. Like, hey, you guys need to like get in shape because the cars are gonna kill you. And uh it was interesting to see that. Like, you know, they gotta start running and they gotta start like you know it it was good. I, 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 I like that part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, they called it Gran Turismo Academy or GT Academy for short. Ah, okay. All right. All right. Cool. I was close. But, uh, Matt, you know, I, I think it's time for me to ask you, uh, what are you uh, drinking this fine morning, evening, or afternoon? <sighs> well, Mike, thank you for asking. I am confident that I am drinking a beer that neither of us have had on this podcast. All right, dude. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Guinness. Oh, dude. Vitamin G, dude. That's good for the liver. Vitamin G. Yep. Now, it is not a real true Guinness. It is a Guinness in a bottle, but it is still a Guinness. Yeah, but it's got the little thing that makes it foam just perfect. 
it is delightful. All right, dude. Uh, well, so I'm also breaking from norm. Uh, I am drinking a nice cold margarita. A margarita. Now, is this homemade or is this pre-made like I like to do? Uh, it, it is a to-go margarita from a local establishment. Uh, my wife uh, brought me home uh, this. Well, that's nice that you got a to-go margarita, with or without salt, on the rocks or frozen. What are we doing here, Mike? Uh, on the rocks, uh, no salt. I never want salt. It's dumb to me. Uh, that makes two of us, and I get shit all the time from my buddy Chris, who I go out to dinner with at least once a week, that I get no salt on the rim of my margarita. He thinks it's the dumbest thing ever. I don't see a problem with it, but I'm just a weirdo, I guess, because I don't like things in my beverages so like i don't like lemon in my iced tea i don't like fruit in my cocktails you know i don't like lemons and limes in my beer or my margaritas or any of that shit get it all out of there although one thing i will say when i'm drinking a pina colada having that slice of pineapple is pretty nice okay all right all right now i i will say i don't I tend to be very similar in my taste, uh, Matt. You know, go figure. Weird. But (laughs) what a thing I do like is on um, a pumpkin beer, sometimes they'll put like this cinnamon sugar rim. I do like that. Huh. Interesting. Well, you are a huge, huge fan of said pumpkin beers. And I think we should start changing the name of Harvest Horror Fest, which is quickly coming up around the corner. Make sure you got your movies picked out, Mike. Yes. Because, you know, we already talked about one that I think would be fun. And then I have another one that I bought on Vudu about two years ago that we could do as well. But there's also going to be a bunch in the theaters. Yeah, dude. I saw Saw like 85 is coming out. I don't know if I'm too into that, but I ha- already have one where I was sitting watching the previews with my buddy Clint, who I go to the movies with on Thursday, and it's the uh, new Exorcist. He looks at me as that's running, and he just as loud as he can in the theater with a bunch of other people looks at me and goes, hell no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I saw the new Exorcist uh, trailer. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out. You know, it's the time of year, dude. Right. It's going to be a good Harvest Horror Fest, Mike. It's going to be a good one. But I'm wondering, not to get completely off topic, but if we should change the name to Pumpkin Ale Harvest Horror Fest, just because you always have your pumpkins. Dude, I, you know, that that's probably not a terrible idea. Um Maybe maybe we could get a sponsorship out of it. I don't know. Well, at least <laughs> you can. You can get your pumpkin ale sponsorship. Yeah, well, it'll be uh, Real Film Nerds Harvest Horror Fest, brought to you by Pumpkin Ale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, S- Sam Adams. Anybody? Anybody listening? You 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 wanna you wanna sponsor us? That'd be great. Mike, go work on that, please. Thank you. All right. Okay. So now the most important question that i think needs to be left out of the podcast uh mike what is this week's just amazing dad joke i got dad jokes i don't think they understand though gotta think i'm funny other people never laugh though dad jokes all right why should you never pick a fight with a squid because he has more arms than me yeah they're well armed ah that's close i was close i'm not gonna say i got it but i'm gonna say i was close that that was close 
So, Mike, I know you like really, really difficult Marvel Cinematic Universe tie-ins. This one is probably one of the hardest ones we've ever had. Mike, how does Gran Turismo relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? All right. Well, Matt, you know, we got... We got David Harborough, who was in uh, Black Widow as uh, Lexi. And then we also have um, Jamun uh, Hansu, who was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as uh, Korath and uh, several uh, actual Marvel movies. Uh, he was in What If and... Um, Captain Marvel, he's in he's in quite a few, but uh, yeah. So th- this one was a tough one, but you know I'll take it. And it's uh David Harbor again. Oh yeah, David Harbor. Sorry, Harbor. <laughs> oh Mike, <laughs> it's okay. We'll get you on your spelling one day. No, we probably won't. So okay, all right. We are now in the spoiler zone. I think we can openly talk about the film and also the real life of yawn which i think is important to discuss as well i know we're already going a little long which is fine we won't keep you here for an hour but you know i think this movie warrants it i think people need to go see this it did well above expectations over the weekend which is good they were saying if it brought in 10 million dollars the studio was going to be happy i think it brought in around 17 or 18 million i know it unseated barbie is number one uh, it did unseat Barbie's number one. I think it was about seventeen million. Um, and uh, yeah, I, dude, I was really surprised by this. Honestly, I thought it was just so much. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I don't know. Like, I think they did a really good job of of the story and presenting it, and all the actors were great. Um, obviously, some of the things were a little bit. Mm, I don't know what do you, what do you call that, Matt? Like exaggerated, exaggerated, uh, romanticized, loosely based, loose, loosely based, um, exploited. Nah, exploited might be a bit too much. No, no, but I mean, uh, so things, uh, all the things happened, but it wasn't quite the way that they said. Right, right, um, but. I have to say, Mike, I was kind of shocked. I saw it opening night or preview night Thursday with my buddy Clint, and we were two of five people in the entire theater. And I was like, wow, this movie's really not going to do well. But I have a hard – it's hard for me to judge how well a movie's going to do based on Prescott because I think Prescott gets a lot of people over the weekends, and I really try not to go on the weekends. Um, Sunday's National Cinema Day, maybe it did really well. I don't know. But this movie shocked me, and I think one of the reasons why it shocked me it's so good is because I think the trailer is shit. I think the trailer tries to push that it's based on a video game, it's PlayStation, it's Nissan, it's this, it's this, this, this. Look at our commercialism instead of the story. The story is what makes this movie, the acting is what makes this movie, and the incredible visuals is what makes this movie. And I think the trailer does the opposite for it. I think if the trailer wasn't so crappy, 
it'd probably be more hyped and more people would be going. Hopefully word of mouth will travel and it'll spend, you know, number one at the top for the next couple of weeks would be great. But I love this movie, dude, even though it's a big stretch on the truth. Do you want to talk about the real life story before we get into our ratings, Mike? Um, why don't we do the ratings first and then we'll talk about a little bit of the, uh, the stretched truth. Okay. All right. So Mike, um, I know what my rating is. I want to know what your rating is. Uh, dude, I, I really did like this movie a lot. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. Son of a bitch, Mike. I also give it a four and a half. I think this movie is probably, no, not probably definitely the best racing car movie i have seen since ford versus ferrari and that movie i gave a fucking five dude it it was a good racing car movie and it's a good underdog story you know we always love underdogs and and it was i i don't know man it was just it was good yeah even though it's stretched and condensed and loosely it's still a very very good underdog story and it's not over the top with love. It's not over the top with he's downtrodden, all this stuff. I think it's just right. He comes from a normal family, not like a dirt poor family. His dad works a normal job. He used to be a professional athlete. His mom works a normal job. You know, they're normal people, but yet he still can't do this thing called race car driving that he really wants to do. And he's wanted to do since he was a kid. And other thing, he was only 19 years old, man when he got signed on to Nissan through the Grand Turismo Academy, which is amazing. Yeah, dude. Did you see the pictures of him like in real life versus the actor? I was like, oh my gosh, dude, that's a that's a child. He he looks like a kid. Yeah, he looks like a little kid when he first got into it. He does. He's really small. He's short. He's tiny. Now if you look at pictures of him now, he looks like a man. Obviously it's been almost what? It's been over ten years now. Cause he so he was not the first Grand uh, Turismo Academy winner. He was the third. There were two other academies before this one, um, both with winners. And I believe when he raced in Le Mans in real life, he actually raced with them, not with the people that were in the movie. I think they were made up. And I think he also raced with an American too, but I'm not 100%. There was four of them when they raced Le Mans. Yeah, when when they did Le Mans, there was at least uh, one other winner for sure. When I when I was looking it up, one other winner from the I think the first academy. Yeah, he, the first academy. I think he was pretty legit. I don't think he raced as long as Jan, but he did race for a while. Like Jan has over two hundred races under his belt, which is incredible. And they didn't show this in the movie, which I wish they kind of would. I'm a huge fan of Formula One. I just love it. I, I don't know why I love it. But he raced all kinds of different classes. He raced Formula Three, which is, you know, two levels below Formula One. He raced Formula E, which is the electrified version of Formula One. He raced uh, GTR. He raced um, all kinds of different classes. He did. He almost won the championship in J- Japan for whatever class they raced over there. It was a GT-based class over there. He almost won the championship. I mean, it took several years to get to this point. But what's interesting is that his Le Mans race, in the movie, they make it seem like it happened like right off the bat. But his Le Mans race was actually three years after he had started driving, which is still pretty insane because people will drive their entire careers and never get to do Le Mans. 
but he did it three years after the academy and they did place they placed third now the accident that happened it did happen at the nuremberg ring in germany it happened exactly like how they show it in the film which is incredible but it happened four or five years after Le Mans. So they played with the timeline a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely did. I, I, I don't I, I knew that the accident actually happened, but I didn't realize they played with that timeline. Yeah, it happened long after Le Mans. Um, and he did have struggles coming back to racing, but like he talks about in the film, the actor does, um, he had a hard time getting back in the car, but he did it. He had to force himself to do it because that's what he is. He's a driver. He's a race car driver. One thing that they did embellish big time, David Harbour's character is completely made up, never existed in real life. Um, he, I'm sure he had coaches, probably had many coaches. He's inspired by probably several of his coaches. And then um, Orlando Bloom characters, Danny Moore is made up, but he is based on an executive of the same job of uh, Nissan Europe that came up with the idea of doing this race and doing this competition. So he is based on that guy. His name is, I think, Paul, maybe Paul Cox or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. I, I'm spacing on the name. But is, Orlando Bloom's character is loosely based on him, but he got the Academy going and all that stuff, and he didn't do all the crazy shit Orlando did where he was like, you know, the team principal and all that kind of stuff. But Ah, yeah, okay. All right. Well, I mean, it's still, you know, they still made the Academy, and there's a lot of stuff that still happened. They were just trying to, uh, I guess, give it away to make it linear or or like... uh, no, you dude, know. we'll be honest. They wanted to tell a story and they did a good job. They did a really good job telling a story. Now, most of the stuff in this really did happen, like 100%. Um, one thing that didn't happen that they added for dramatic effect is how um, Jan doesn't talk to his parents when he's at the academy and he doesn't talk to him when he's starting his career. Completely made up. Jan's dad was very proud of him. He knew exactly what he was doing. When he won the Academy, he called his mom on the phone from the podium. There's video of him talking to his mom. Like, you know, that, all that shit's made up. That's just dramatic effect. Oh, okay. So he was a little bit more uh, in touch with his family. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that seemed odd in the movie, and they didn't... I mean, they were doing it for, I guess, more dramatic effect. It seemed like after his accident he didn't really call his parents or whatever. And he ended up talking to his mom a little bit. Yeah. I think again, that's a hundred percent made up. I think it's just dramatic effect much like, um, uh, the character, Nicholas Kappa, the driver that he has a rival rivalry with. Yeah. Rivalry with that guy is 100% made up. That team is a hundred percent made up. That shit doesn't exist. That's again, added dramatic effect to the film. Honestly, if that dude was doing that kind of shit in races, um, he would not be a race car driver. That shit is dangerous, what he's doing. Bumping him, trying to run him off the track, all that shit, that's dangerous. They don't do that. Yeah, but I, I do think that the overall feeling of uh, when he started to join and they're like, dude, you just played video games. You can't be a driver. I imagine that was massive. Oh, like, 100%. 100% true. And I think... Having Nicholas Kappa in there as like an enemy, yes, helps 
for the film and the story, but it also takes all those things that were going on that probably 50 different drivers, 100 different mechanics, 200 different spectators were saying to him or about him and puts it all in one character to make it easier to digest. Make sense? Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. But he needed to have like a, you know, like a like a bad guy for, for, for the story, for uh, to make it screen, you know, like everybody understands. The audience understands. Yeah, it's still a movie and it's still you got to have fun and you got to entertain, be entertained. And I think they did a fantastic job of taking his real life and putting it into a story. Do I think I'd still give it a four and a half after learning about everything? I don't know. Maybe I'd drop it down to a four, but I, I give it a four and a half. I, I love this movie. I think it's very good. I think the story's really good. All, all around, man. I mean, this movie is, is great, and I really hope it does well. Um, I still think it's a crime that to this day, uh, Jimon Hansu does not have a freaking Academy Award. Like, he doesn't have a huge part in this film, but he steals the dang show next to David Harbour when it comes to his acting. Yeah, dude. No, you're right. He, I don't know how he doesn't have an Academy Award, man. I have loved him ever since I saw him in in Gladiator, and that was like 2001, dude. It has been 22 years, and he's just made awesome movie after awesome movie. Blood Diamond, and and uh, Gran Turismo, and I mean the list goes on. He's just been in all these awesome movies, and he's just doesn't get any credit i don't i don't know i don't know it's it's a shame dude it's a shame he should have in my opinion at least two or three academy awards especially for blood diamond god dude that was incredible he my god what a film what a good film anyways mike um i can ramble on and on and on but i think i'll be nice and not um one thing i do kind of want to point out too is that uh nissan and Gran Turismo and PlayStation really did partner together. This is not a product grab. This is not product placement. They really fucking did this. It really was Nissan. And they raced, uh, for the most part, uh, you know, the cars that you and I used to always kind of drool over their, uh, skyline based cars, the GTRs. Those are freaking awesome. Yeah, no, I know. And, and when you see them in the movie and they're racing it and they, they crash, I'm like, Oh, that guy's gone. Like it just, it, I, I can't even imagine how much it costs, you know, just to like one mistake. It's like, oh, you know, I didn't hit the brakes at the right place. Well, you're gone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, I, I still floors me. I, my neighbor has to be do, selling drugs or something. I have a neighbor that lives down the street from me that has a skyline. It's a hundred thousand dollar plus car. It, it's it's a European skyline. It's not an actual yep. GTR. Yep. Oh man, that's cool. Yeah, but it's a hundred thousand dollar car, man. I don't know. I don't know how he lives in my neighborhood. And that's not all his vehicles. He also has a Ducati and a big pickup truck. He has to be doing something. Anyways, enough about my neighbor. <laughs> all right, enough about your neighbors, Matt. What are we gonna do next week, dude? Mike, you know what we're doing next week. It's your favorite topic to cover always when it comes to film. We're going to go see The Equalizer 3. Oh, dude, I love revenge movies, and I did know that. I just forgot until right this moment. So 
I don't know if this is a revenge movie. I assume it is. But basically, Denzel Washington's character moves to Italy to settle down again. And the town he moves to is being harassed by the mafia. And of course, he has to go after the mafia. You know what's shocking to me, Matt, is this is uh, Denzel Washington's first, like, trilogy. Right, because he said he would never do a sequel, and the first sequel he ever did was Equalizer 2, and now he's doing a trilogy. It's I'm, I'm trying to figure out if he's just like, you know what, fuck it, I'll finish it out, th- my career this way, or if he's like, you know what, I really need a paycheck. I'm trying to figure it out. Because Equalizer, the original, was fantastic. Number two was shaky. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was entertaining, but it was nowhere near as the first one. Maybe this one's going to be a blockbuster. I don't know. It has a killer cast again, man. I'm I'm hoping for better than Equalizer 2. Uh, Equalizer 1 was great. So uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to to see Denzel doing like, you know, uh, a trilogy, like because he's never done it. He's he has so many movies that we both love, but I, I don't know. We'll 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 see. We'll see how it goes, and um, I'm I'm hoping for for a good one, dude. I'm hoping for a good one, dude. I didn't notice this until I just looked at the cast. He's teaming up with Dakota Fanning again. Oh, dude, she's like, she's like a, an adult now. Like, yep, yeah. W- one of my favorite movies from Denzel is Man on Fire. Yep, and she's in that as the uh, kidnappee. For those of you who haven't seen it, spoilers. But I think you can see that in the trailer. But yeah, uh, it's directed by Antoine uh, Fuqua. Um, he has famously directed um, lots of films. You know, the original Equalizer, he directed Training Day, Magnificent Seven. Uh, he directed, uh, no, he didn't direct. He produced Bullet Train. I thought he directed it. Um, so he's a great director. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully this is better than two. That's that's the bar that I'm going to set. I want Equalizer 3 to be better than 2. How's that? Sounds good, man. An interesting Dakota Fanning's in it again. Wow. Weird. I had no clue until I scrolled down and I saw her face. I'm like, that'll be interesting. I'm wondering if she's a villain or if she's... No, she's not a villain. She has to be on his side. She has to. She can't be a villain, no. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. So, all right, Mike. Well, uh, anything else you want to add about uh, Equalizer or... Gran Turismo, or are you going to buy a PlayStation 5 to get Gran Turismo 7? Uh, so, no, no, I don't think I'm going to buy a Grand, uh, you know, a, a PlayStation, what are we at, 5? Five? 5, yes. Yeah, PlayStation 5 to get the Gran Turismo 7. I, I think I'm good for now. But, uh, yeah, no, I I really had a good time with this movie. It was really well done. Like, shockingly well done. Definitely see it in the theaters. You have to. It makes yeah. it better. Dude, the way Neil Blomkamp does his visuals was amazing. Like, taking the car apart, having a morph into the car when he's sitting there driving on the uh, video game and stuff. I mean, it's just beautiful, dude. Really, really inventive stuff. Yeah, no, it, it was great. District 9 blew me away when he came out with that. And, like, he's he's been on the scene ever since. 
I, I wish we would get a sequel or a trilogy to that. That would be fucking amazing. I really love District 9. That one is a solid five for me, too. I love that movie. Dude, that movie was awesome. And on the budget, I, I still have no idea how he got all that stuff done, but it was awesome. It, it looks so good. So good. And he is South African, so maybe that's how he got maybe pulled some strings because they did film it down there, you know. But um, just a note about the video games, Mike. I know you have an Xbox One still. If you want a racing game, I'll be honest, I have a couple of the Forzas. They're pretty gosh darn good, too. I don't know if they're at the level of Gran Turismo, but the Forzas, they're pretty good. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for the hints. You're welcome, on, Mike. On, with on your the video games. With your copious amounts of time to go play video games, right? Oh, yeah. I got lots of time. Time just time's on my side, as, as Rolling Stone said. I think I've said it before. I think I'm turning into my brother-in-law. I'm 95% sure I have more video games that I've bought that are still in their cellophane than not now. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's a bad sign. It is, dude. It is. Well, I think on that note, Matt, I'll let everybody get get going. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to follow us on the socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and threads. We will talk at you uh, for the next uh, podcast on Equalizer 3. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. Welcome, everyone, to Ma Henshaw Loses Her Cookies, and I think I lost them all. Episode 27, the movie Gran Turismo. Hi, Matt. How are you today? It's not today, it's tonight, but okay. Ma, how many cookies did you have to lose? Actually, none. I haven't baked any in a while. I need to do that. (laughs) I was just going to say, it's a pretty small jar. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Anyway. All right, here we are with Gran Turismo. Okay, well, are you going to start talking about Gran Turismo? What what did you think of the film? Was it incredible? Was it the best film you've ever seen? Do you want to go see it again? Are you inspired to buy a PlayStation 5? Uh, no, because I can't do those kind of games. But I love the film. I thought it was really, really good. And it was, oh gosh, it was so exciting to see all the different races he was in and the really great looking cars. And uh, I, I loved the young man that he had the guts to get out there and he competed against world uh, winners of the game playing and he won it. And he said he would, you know, and he did. And I, I, you know, and his dad's like, eh, you know, you don't make it, you know, do an ordinary job. And he said, no, I'm going to do this. It was great. I really did like it. And if you like uh, the game 
Or if you like car races, you will really love this movie. It, I thought it was exciting. So we and missed was, a lot of your talking because you have a bad internet connection. Oh, isn't that wonderful? I well, I I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you, Ma. I mean. It sucks. In fact, Debbie said she didn't have her internet today for half the day. Well, I don't, I don't think that has you. anything to do with your connection in your house, but okay. That's me. Uh, we've had that discussion why you have a connection issue in your house. is because you're literally on the opposite side of where the Wi-Fi and the router is, so you have the right. weakest signal possible. Well, I can go in the living room, but then you might hear no, a bark. just talk, you old bat. Lord. All right. I'm not editing this out. You need to talk. This is your podcast. All right. About so Ma Hinshaw. So what race are you talking about he was going to win? And here, here's the question. Did you do any research on the real story of this? No, I did not. But you told me some. But uh, not. I didn't really. So I, I've done quite a bit of research, and I talked a lot about it in the Real Film Nerds podcast, which just happened. So if you want to know, there you can go listen to it. Well, they're good. I just thought he was really gutsy that he did this. And he competed and he went all over. Oh, my gosh. He raced in Dubai. That was a fan. It was very pretty of the racetrack and, you know, the city and everything. And he raced in Palmberg, I think. And then he did Le Mans, which that was just gorgeous and it, that movie really gave you the feel of being there in Le Mans it was great the photography was really good you saw the people and all the stuff that goes on and uh, I thought the movie was really terrific well, how many times have you been to Le Mans never but I've watched a couple of the Le Mans races well then how would you know what it feels like to really be there from the movie, it looks, you feel like you're right there. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. It makes you feel like you're one of the crowd, you know, and all the stuff going on and the confetti and, you know, it's really exciting. At least I think so. Look like it. What was your favorite part of the film? Hmm. Let me think. Well, I guess the Le Mans part was my favorite. I really thought that was great how it covered it. And I don't, I don't know. A lot of people probably don't watch it. It's a very long race, 24 hours, you know. And uh, I thought they really did a great job on that. I thought he was an awesome young man. And um, just never gave up. And uh, he's still racing, I guess. No, he is not. No, he's not. Oops, sorry, guys. In 2021, Nissan no longer uh, wanted to sponsor him. So he was cut from the team in 2021. Oh, I'm so sorry. He raced in over 200 races. I mean, uh, this is all stuff I talked about in the other podcast, but. Okay, well. Anyhow. But yeah, he raced in over 200 races. Um, he's, he was not the first 
uh, Gran Turismo Academy winner. He was the third. Um, they got the order of everything in the film out of place because they were trying to build dramatic effects. Again, I, Mike and I talked about this quite a bit, so I don't want well, to rehash he- it all. I did hear that the the crash that he had was not at the time that the movie had him crash. So Lama, he raced. So the time period this film takes place is makes it seem like it's not very long. In reality, it was years. He raced in his first Lama three years after learning how to drive. And his crash was real and it was probably three or four years after Lamar, not before it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they got it out of, bit it out of order. Yeah. Well, they want a dramatic effect. They're telling a story. And it, they say this is not a true story. They say it is based on real life, actual events, based on a true story. All the things that happen in the film happen to a degree, but not in necessarily oh. in that order. He really did crash into the Nuremberg ring. It looks, the video of the real crash looks very similar to what happened in the film. Wow. He really did kill a spectator. Spoilers That's... for those of you who have not seen this. Um, go see the movie. He uh, was the youngest kid ever to win the GT Academy. He won the GT Academy when he was 19 years old. He looks like a little kid, if you ever see the real pictures. Yeah. Um. I mean, I talked about all this in my podcast, so you I don't, don't want to rehash all of it, Mom. No, if you want to, if you want to know, you can listen to that. Right, you can listen to Matt and Mike. But anyway, I felt it was a really good movie, even for those folks that aren't really into uh, car racing and stuff. This was just a very interesting story, and great racing and beautiful cars. And I highly recommend you go and see it. So, okay. Good. So, act. what was your favorite part of the entire film? How's that? Holy cow! That's hard to crack that down to it. Oh dear. Hmm. You don't have a favorite part in the film? I kind of liked when he he had drove his dad's car. I thought that was fun. Where he was trying to escape from the police. Yep. Yep. So that never happened. That was completely made up. Well, anyway, I thought it was fun. Because he never drove a car before GT uh, Academy. At least according to everything I've seen and read. Well, okay. Well, then. Which is fine. Um, Another thing, you know how him and his dad are having issues and he doesn't talk to his family about, Mm -hmm. you know, racing and he doesn't tell them about winning the Academy and all that stuff? Yeah. It's all completely false. Oh my goodness. Dramatic it's called dramatic effect. Yes. Again, I talked about this in my podcast, but yeah. Well then don't his, talk about it. His, okay. his dad knew that they were there. He talked. Um there's video of him talking on the top of the podium, winning GT Academy, calling his mom on the phone saying he won, and her screaming and bawling her her eyes and ears out. Oh. Oh, well that that, that must have been cool, but they didn't add that. Oh well. No, it's for dramatic effect, making it contentious, I guess. Yeah, right. It's a story. They're trying to tell a good story. Oh, here's a big one. The character that David Harbour is. Yes. You know David Harbour, the coach? Yeah, the coach or whatever they call him, yes. Yeah, he never existed. That's completely made up. What? He never existed? 
he had coaches and you know chief engineers and all those other things throughout his career mm-hmm. but never someone like that oh my goodness and david did such a good job of i thought he was really great and, yeah he yeah. did an incredible job but again oh, it's a film act. it is a story it is not true life it is That's inspired true. by okay. true life okay well now i got that but anyway if you like racing you'll really i think you'll love it and if you don't i think you'll like it i liked it and so what do you think about next week's movie I don't know what to think. Is Denzel Washington equalizer three? I love Denzel, but I have no idea to sub what kind of what he's doing or anything. I haven't seen any of. You've never seen the first two? No. Oh, you're gonna have to go watch them. Oh, good heavens! You're gonna be lost without them, Ma. You're gonna really? have a busy week. I'm always lost anyway. You mean there was one and two? Well, hence the reason why it's number three. Oh, gee. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I wonder where I can get those from. Um, It says it's on stars. Stars. Oh. You have stars. We do? Oh, I thanks for do. telling me. I don't know. Well, I don't know either. Well, Maybe I will do that, then it'll give me something to do besides watch the Diamondbacks losing to the Dodgers. <laughs> and then uh, the Equalizer 2 is on Hulu, so you can watch the Equalizer 2 on Hulu. There you go. Anyone that else is interested in catching up, Hulu and Stars. I wonder if okay. I own the first Equalizer. Ooh. Not sure. But anyway, so Equalizer 2 was Denzel Washington's first ever sequel he has never done a sequel before the year of 2018 so equalizer 3 coming on 2023 is his first trilogy he's ever done in his career and this is a man that has had a very storied career so there's a little bit of trivia for you i also mentioned it in my podcast but well thank you we just i just repeat myself thank you for putting it in my puny little podcast thank you very much Oh, hell. All right, Ma, how many cookies do you give Gran Turismo? I gave it four and a half. Okay, so that's three for three. What do you mean three for three? Well, what did I rate it on Friday on the radio? You remember? You did too, didn't you? Well, I didn't ask you before I rated it. I'm not, you're not supposed to ask me, Lord. No, but the reason I gave it four and a half, because there's one race that was kind of long, and I think there was a snooze in that, and so that's why I did that. Okay? Then, um, who else gave it four and a half reels? You. Uh-huh. And? I don't know anybody else. Who else? Mysterious Mike Talent. He did too? Yeah, that's why I said that's three for three. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. Are you looking forward to Harvest Horror Fest, a month of horror films? Or are you just going to watch whatever you want that month? It's going to be tough to drag your father to those movies. I mean, are we... I saw the previews of Halloween, and I'm kind of like, do I really want to go see Halloween? There's no Halloween this year. Well, there was something. 
No, there's the Exorcist like there's prequel thing. The, yeah, there's the Exorcist, but there's another one, and I swear well, I thought it. Okay, so you have to decide right now: is Ma mm-hmm. Hinshaw loses her cookies going to participate in Harvest Horror Fest, or are you going to do your own movies? I will give it a college try, but if I can't get Dad to go, I may have to go see something else, like the fourth time of Barbie. <laughs> we are not seeing Bar. You, I, you already talked about Barbie. It has to be a movie. It can be an old movie. It could be a new movie, but it has to be. Um, you know, I wonder if Lisa will be okay with that. But it has to be a movie that you haven't done in your podcast. Okay. So you need to decide because uh, I'm gonna. I need to tell Lisa this too, for your radio program. I will try, and maybe my husband can drop me off. Because he really hates horror flicks. Well, I'm it not a just, fan of horror fits, uh, flicks. I don't hate them, but I'm not a fan. But I still watch them for Mike's sake. Well, yes, we do it for Mikey's, Michael's sake. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he is not Mikey. He is Mike. M-I-K-E, not Michael. Michael is your grandson. We have had this right. discussion before. I know. I have. I've got it. Okay. Folks, this is what happens when you get old. And you hey, you drink better too speak. much, and you grew up in the yes. '60s doing all kinds of drugs, flower child. No. no. Anyway, stop lying. No. Whatever. You loved the reefer. No, I didn't. Don't and didn't and don't. So there. Now it's legal, and you don't want anything to do with it. Nothing, nothing, and I never did either, even in college. No. What flower child? I can't hear you over your smoke and bong rips. Oh, shush. I never even smoked. <laughs> My mother smoked all the time, so I didn't like smoking. I couldn't stand it. Ugh. So you just Anyhow. ate brownies? No, no. None. Back in that day, they didn't. I don't even think they knew about brownies. Don't ask me. Well, Mom, someone came up with putting weed in brownies. I don't know. I'm Maybe you're the one the that parties. did it. I'm you're bored. just trying to play it all coy. Now we know. See, nope. Ma Hitchaw loses nope. her cookies. Now we know you made weed cookies. You're the I ones that inspired make brownies. it. Brownies. Yep. I do not. I hate to make brownies. I don't like chocolate. Actually. Right. So you make weed weed cookies. Oh shush. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, we. I will go if I can make myself do it. I will go to the horror films. But you know me. It takes a lot to give me the scares. Or I don't get scared really easily. After I'm not all, asking you to get scared. I'm trying to figure out if you're going to participate in the Harvest Horror Fest or not. I will. Yeah, I will try. And and since I think Dad could actually drop me off and come back and pick me up if he really doesn't want to go to it. Okay. Well, why don't you ask your other grandson to go with you? Oh, he would not. He never has time. <laughs> Have you tried? I don't even know if he ever has gone to a movie. <laughs> wow, that's okay. sad. Yeah, well, you know. All right, Ma, do you want to add anything else about your weed cookies? Or are we done? No. Peanut butter all the way. And no, I'm fine. And go see the movie because it is really great. Okay? What's the name of your cookies? PB&M? No, just Pe- peanut, peanut butter. Peanut butter marijuana? Nope. Peanut butter, crunchy peanut butter. PB&W? Peanut butter and weed? Oh, hush. (laughs) 
Okay. All right. Here. Do you want to do your outro or do you want me to? I want you to because I'm not good without whatever that's called. Then I shouldn't even ask. I should just do them from here on out. You go for it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Ma Hinchow Loses Her Cookies, episode number 27, PB and W. I mean, our review of Gran Turismo, or Ma's review of Gran Turismo, because I already did mine. Uh, thank you for listening. Ma Hinshaw is not on the socials. Uh, she is actually on Twitter, but she doesn't use it. She's Graham Graham SV on Twitter. I would love for someone to find it and tweet at her. That would be hilarious. Am? I didn't know that. Hmm. I made that account for you like 10 years ago, and you never check it and you never tweet. I remember I tweeted out a couple of random things once. and But anyways. Oh, okay. Graham Graham SV, I think. Yeah, I think that's your Twitter. But uh, follow us on The Real Film Nerds. Everywhere The Real Film Nerds can be found. Uh, That doesn't make sense, but I like it. Uh, Thank you again for listening. We will chat at you next Wednesday with Equalizer number three starring Denzel Washington. Have a good evening. Bye.